G'day, I'm Barry Green. Thanks for joining me on Conversations on Radio WA, 87.6 FM in East Perth, or Western Tourist Radio in the coastal towns in the southwest of Western Australia. My next guest grew up on a farm in Western Australia and became involved in agricultural business as a seed provider in the early 80s in the in the wheat belt. And uh, it's at a time that uh, industrial agriculture was really kicking in with more and more Roundup and the likes. And John got a bit concerned about this and tried to get people to think of alternate ways and people weren't really interested in alternate ways so he said, well, I'll stuff this, gave it up, went to university to study psychology. G'day, John Thompson. Uh, g'day, Barry. It's good to be talking to you. So is that an accurate summary of uh, the first part of your life? Yeah, it is uh, an accurate summary. I prefer to be known as an eco-psychologist and because that involves connecting people with nature and using nature for healing and for transformation of, of thinking and ways of being in the world. Well, you and I are on a very similar uh, level there. We operate, we've got a small organic farm and, you know, I think however sophisticated we like to think we are, we have evolved in connection with the earth and, and if we lose that connection, we start to run into a lot of the problems that we are seeing around the world now, which can be depressing at times. But at the same time, I'm increasingly optimistic that there's change happening out there and it's not going to come from the top there's a bottom-up change and I think the internet's got a fair bit to play in that because it is providing a free exchange of ideas and information arguably extreme capitalism's causing some problems but in saying that doesn't make me a communist in fact capitalism has created the internet and maybe the internet can become the antidote to extreme capitalism by providing an opportunity for alternative views like the views that I share and yours to gain a bit of traction. Is that consistent with your view of transition? Um, information is really important and access to information is critical along with the quality of the information. And we live in an age where via the internet, as you've mentioned, information is readily available. And I agree it's very important and yes, consistent with, with your views. So I, I sort of have the view that uh, the, the advertising industry have been very clever at uh, presenting basically corporate points of views as if they were in a national interest, and that's influenced the way people think. I've got a business that's based on advertising, so I am in a somewhat conflicted situation, but I've been very much sticking to the point that our radio program is exclusively available to small businesses and communities to tell their story, and I do believe that stories are really important and uh, the authenticity of the stories we're able to present is because they're, they're not scripted, they're just local people telling their stories. And I, I've come to, to see more and more that we need to learn from Aboriginal culture because their cultures existed for tens of thousands of years and they've passed knowledge from generation to generation through stories. And the stories in our culture have somewhat been kidnapped by various corporate interests. In your work, you've worked with Aboriginal people and uh, have some thoughts in, in that area? My involvement with Aboriginal pe people has been a very powerful learning process. I've learnt that they are very gentle people, 
very sophisticated knowledge of the landscape and land in relationship with country. They saw Mother Earth and trees and plants and animals as having a spiritual presence that they were in relationship with and that they had an obligation to attend to the well-being of country and animals and uh, plants and trees because the deep understanding was that if country was healthy then people would be healthy and if country became unhealthy then the people living on that country would suffer and become unhealthy. And more than anything, I think it's challenged me in the way that I think. And it has revealed to me um, about how conditioned I am in my own thinking from my colonist ancestral history. You know, those of us who, who come from that lineage of colonisation or the Western tradition is we're born into a colonised mind and a, a colonised mindset that changes the way we view the world. And when we listen to Aboriginal people, what becomes evident is our disconnect from nature, our disconnect from Mother Earth, and consequently over hundreds of years and particularly with industrialization that there has been a an attitude of being command i call it command and control where we 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 have had this thinking that nature is there for us to exploit and there is no relationship of deep understanding with mother earth and nature and the consequence of that is evident in our environment and it's evident in our societies. And the sickness and the disease that is on the increase within our society, and I don't just mean physical, I also mean psychological and emotional sickness and disease, is very clearly a consequence of that disconnect from nature and country and also the loss of our wisdom stories that, uh, you know, if we go back far enough in time, we all have indigenous ancestors, mine were in Europe, those wisdom stories of relationship were lost many thousands of years ago. And we kind of like live in this bubble of desensitization, lack of recognition, and an attitude that uh, we have this right to know what's best and in doing that we exploit and manipulate others and we exploit and manipulate nature. I think you're right, John, and I think it's interesting in the regenerative agriculture space there's a growing awareness that, especially in Australia, our agricultural system has been modelled on what worked in Europe and doesn't work in Australia. Uh, the, the dust clouds that we've seen, that's a sign of a, basically we're making our country sick and we'll end up sick ourselves. So it is so important to glean from this knowledge. And Tourist Radio, Radio WA is a tourist radio format. I see a place for tourism because, with all due respects, people in the city have become disconnected from the real world and have t come to take food for granted. 
And I think tourism has a place to encourage people out of the cities to reconnect with farmers and reconnect with the natural world because we can't keep raping and pillaging this country and continue to have a, a, a sustainable uh, life in the cities. It, it's not going to keep happening. Look, I agree. And I've been fortunate enough to travel extensively in the world and have a lot of contact with Indigenous people of various countries, um, North America, South America, Northern Europe. What is really evident from the traditional cultures is they are value-driven cultures. Uh, our society, the industrialised society in our disconnected world, our businesses are money-driven and they are valued in terms of how much money they make. I think the shift that needs to come, well, I'm certain that the shift that needs to come is back to a value-driven economy, value-driven society, value-driven community. And tourism can, ha can benefit enormously from that shift, and it can lead the way. You know, the tr tourism that I see mostly is about, uh, is all money-driven, opportunity-driven, and it's really difficult to find tourist activities that are value-driven, that assist people in that reconnection process with land, reconnection with community, reconnection with people who... Uh, have their hands in the dirt and value the importance of relationship with earth uh, animals. And that you can promote those types of activities is a wonderful thing. I'm talking to eco-psychologist John Thompson, who practices in the Perth Hills. We're talking about the place for tourism in reconnecting people with nature, and what we can learn from Indigenous Australians. I think that the transformation of the tourist industry can be one from satisfying the senses to, you know, through uh, what you can buy and taste and experience to satisfying the spirit. And the people who have had the initiative, the pioneers in our Western world that are rediscovering this and are on the land and in relationship with nature, I see that people such as regen farmers, regenerative farmers, uh, there is an enormous opportunity for additional income by inviting people into their world and sharing it with them and allowing these people to have their own experience of connection with nature and what that brings. I'm sure you're right, John, and you talk about commodities, and unfortunately food is seen as a commodity, which I think is a, an appalling thing. Food isn't a commodity, it's actually the foundation of our civilization and our, and our individual health, and any commodities are produced to a price, and if you... If you produce food to a price, then you, you compromise on quality and that sets in path a whole t line of other things. And it, it sort of, in, in agricultural production, like a lot of tourism, it's seen as economies of scale. Uh, you've got to get bigger and bigger, but uh, as you get bigger, then you, you lose in tourism sphere, you lose the essence of what it is. So we've, we, 
in, a, in another life we've got a one cottage farm stay and I've had people in the tourism bureaucracy look down their nose and say that's not a serious tourism business to which I reply if you look at the comments in our guest book and, uh, and our repeat bookings and then repeat that but really it's, it is this economies of scale thing that's come about because it means that if you're big, you can spend a certain amount of money on advertising, and you, you know your, your your advertising dollars shared over over lots of units. Whereas what I'm endeavouring to do with our tourist radio network and our website is to to use our website to connect travellers and uh, whether they're visitors or locals to local businesses. And there's a growing sense of the the, commu- the 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 farmers markets and reconnecting farmers and eaters there. My vision for our, our radio website is that it will become to WA tourism what farmers markets are to food. Um, from a business point of view, my interest is to connect people with lots of small businesses because it is the small businesses that make for unique holiday experiences. Barry, I can't agree with you more particularly in your comments about what's happened to the quality of food. There was a time when psychology used to view the brain in isolation, and there's still you know, many psychologists who do that. But science tells us that the brain is integrated with our whole body system functioning. It's part of our body system. And this body system is interconnected with its environment. And so environment influences our psychology tremendously. Also, you know, our digestion is incredibly important because out of the food we eat, um, we're either extracting or manufacturing the neurotransmitters that our brain needs to function uh, appropriately and effectively. And in highly processed food, um, food that is picked well before it's ripe and, and stored is, you know, people are, are getting food that is not only jeopardising their physical health, but it also jeopardises their psychological health. Now, when we, in my discussions and my work with Indigenous people around the world, they have very powerful re- spiritual relationship with the food and the animals that they eat. And they are aware of the consciousness that comes and uh, when they eat any food, whether that's fruit, vegetables or animals. And they see that as a gift from Mother Earth. And the purity of the consciousness of that food is very, very important to them. And it is they see themselves as having a responsibility to take care of the well-being of the plants and the well-being of the animals so that when that's offered up to them to as food to eat that they are uh, ingesting uh, untraumatized food pure food food that is nutrient rich and dense and also pure in consciousness uh, unfortunately in our society that relationship with food has been lost the relationship people are given is a relationship with marketing and packaging in the supermarkets that supply the food and we have lost our relationship with those aspects of food but more importantly the consumers of food do not have relationships with the producers of the food I think that 
to bring those relationships back via farmers markets ecotourism is a very powerful thing to do that will bring about change quite rapidly as well as improve the health of the people on the on the country I'm sure you're right and it is about knowledge and understanding different points of view what's happening at the moment with the vegan wars is somewhat concerning but you know there's aspects of their argument in terms of industrial agriculture I really don't have a problem with but I think what people need to understand is that big ruminant animals are an integral part of soil building process and it's not possible to sustainably farm mung beans simply by mining phosphate and potassium and using fossil fuels to make nitrogen fertilisers. It is a, a much bigger thing. In the last 10 years, the, the, the change in understanding of the human biome, in parallel with that is this understanding of the, the biome of the soil. And sort of what's happened in many respects, it's a, almost a failure of scientific process that's, that's allowed corporations to deny a whole body of human knowledge gained over generations on the basis that it's not scientifically proven but the only way you can scientifically prove something is if you can claim patent rights over it to recoup the cost so so that sort of allowed the corporations to deny whole eons of human knowledge and uh, and I don't think that's serving our society well do you want to comment on that um the classical science that has uh, enabled the industrial revolution and that drives our society you know the dominant world view is comes from classical science its central thesis is one of command and control and that uh, human beings have a superior position on the planet and are free to exploit the value system of uh, classical science is questionable but more than that classical science only deals with the material world and they have to be able to measure and quantify now that is a very narrow view of reality indigenous people have always known this the what I refer to as the new sciences, um, things like quantum physics, nonlinear dynamics, complex system science, self-organizing system science. The research is in, the findings are there. There is no question about what that science offers. One of the most astounding things that it illustrates is that the assumptions of classical science are false. And there is no question and that it is an incomplete science and the reason why it has still been dominant is because there is such a huge financial investment in it as well as reputational investment and and power it gives people positions of power and so they're reluctant to abandon it and like any any of you know the change movement that's coming the groundswell that you're talking about is multi-dimensional and it's happening happening across all aspects of society and the people who promote this command and control approach that's driven by money and greed and the need to be in control the need to have more they uh, exercise well 
More accurately, they are heavily invested in suppressing the information that's available. What people are beginning to realise is that everything that we need for a sustainable future, for a, a future that is just and equitable, we have that knowledge, we have that information. The indigenous people of the world have carried a wisdom across thousands of years through times of terrible persecution and brutality and oppression, yet they are still prepared to make this wisdom available to us if we show up in the right way. This traditional wisdom is immense and there is a commonality amongst all of the uh, traditional indigenous cultures that I visited uh, along the lines of, of respect and relationship, the understanding that we are equal participants along with everything else and we have responsibilities to look after the systems and the nature that supports us. With the new sciences has come a good deal of insight and information about how these systems work. And it is my understanding and very powerful belief that the, it's the integration of the new information that's coming out of the sciences with traditional wisdom that is going to show us the way forward. Well, that's fantastic, John, and it is a story of hope. I guess if we look at history, civilizations come and go. This one will go at some point, presumably. But I am optimistic that as you talk about this new knowledge is coming out and uh, as, as it becomes available to people and people respond accordingly, there is real hope. And so rather than portraying a, a negative future for our children, because that's what we've got to bear in mind, there is hope, but we're just going to have to do things differently. Systems understanding and systems thinking presents a what we're calling a new worldview, but really it's an old worldview that's been lost by Western society but has been carried by Indigenous people. You've been listening to Perth eco-psychologist John Thompson. To hear this and other thought-provoking conversations with West Australian movers and innovators, go to touristradio.com.au forward slash conversations as we tell the stories of people and places in Western Australia.